Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Michael Madelon, and our topic is identity, finding your personal identity in high school. So something very unique about Michael is that he is 15 years old. That's this is my youngest guest on Broken Catholic to date. And hopefully I won't get younger. I don't know. Maybe God's <laughs> going to give me like seven-year-olds or something. I have no idea. But Michael, welcome to the show. Really quickly, um, I've shared your name. Uh, what grade are you in um, and where do you live? Yeah. So I'm a sophomore in high school. I live in Tampa, Florida. And that's pretty much it. Gotcha. So sophomore means what grade? So I'm in 10th grade. 10th grade, man. High school. Oh, yeah. It's so cool, right? So you just left junior high. You're in that's high true, school yeah. now. So it's like a whole new set of friends. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's why we're talking about identity. Because when you get into high school, it's like you're trying to figure out, okay, who do I need to be now that I'm mm -hmm. in high school to be yeah. accepted by that's all true. these kids right or these friends these guys and girls um and is it different than who i needed to be in junior high school mm -hmm. yeah right because even yeah, then so like go ahead so kind of you just like you have to find yourself instead of trying to be someone else trying to be what other people are trying to be too like everyone's kind of i think everyone's kind of going through this everyone's going through this struggle and i don't know how to explain it but Hopefully, I'll explain it better later in the Yeah, the absolutely, right? So before we get into the topic, because I could tell you're itching to get in, yeah, right? Yeah. I could just see it. Why? Because you're living it. Yeah, you are yeah. in this, like searching for your own identity in high school. Mm -hmm. So before we get into it, Michael, I like to ask this question before every episode. Okay. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Oof. Big, big subjects. Um. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons. It's a mm -hmm. complicated, complex problem. But at its most bare form, at its like deepest roots, I would have to say people aren't united. People aren't like working together. They're more kind of focused on their individual problems instead of helping each other out, instead of coming together, I guess, as a community, as a country. The country is very divided right now, too. But kind of working together to achieve something instead of everyone focusing on themselves internally. I mean, that's not bad to focus on yourself, but they can't only focus on themselves to be selfish. They have to help each other to reach a common goal. Okay, you're 15 years old and you, you got that figured out? I, I wouldn't say I have it figured out, but... Just say you I were able to articulate that in such an adult way. Wow. Listen, I'm being real with you, bro. Okay, it's like most many adults do not have an understanding of what you just said. Well, that's why it's a problem, honestly. Because, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I mean, that's why it's a problem because if it's happening to adults right now, I mean, that's just something I've noticed personally, but I think it's happening to most people right now. Like they're so selfish. Like they don't even notice like their coworkers, like their friends, like the struggles they're going through. They can't help each other if they're so focused on themselves. So that's just something I've noticed. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's like that mature. I mean. Yeah. No, listen. So you're a good observer. Okay. Yeah. All right. I we'll, mean, gi we'll give you that. I mean, if, if you say I am. No, good I'll job. You. you walk into a room and you, you see things, right? You, you observe, oh, yeah. right? So you're walking into life as a 15-year-old man. And well, you're about to become a man, right? I mean, yeah. You're, you're, you're a work in progress, right? But listen. Some 40-year-olds are not even grown men yet, right? Because they behave like little boys. <laughs> That's true. So 
Hopefully that's not the case for you, right? And you have that defining moment right here on this show. Yeah, you can we'll choose see it. in the interview. Yeah, exactly, right? So what about you and what you just said, right? What do you wrestle with? Because you, you just explained one reason why you think the world's not working yeah. is because that uh, we're all individuals, so we're naturally very self-centered, Mm-hmm. Right, That's we true. look inward. That's it's rather, human nature. Honestly, it's human nature. It's our yeah. fallen nature. Adam and Eve. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> right, you know, it's like it's our fallen nature. And why? How do you wrestle with that individually? Because you know that okay, when you're doing it, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what shows up for you there? Um. Well, I mean, you could definitely say it's been a constant struggle. Like I'm going through this right now, but how do I deal with it? Um. Well, that's what I'm trying to learn, honestly. But right now, I'm just trying to kind of be more of an observer, like you said. Kind of like ask my friends, not just my friends, but anyone, if I see they're going through something hard, kind of ask them, talk to them, kind of make them share. Not make them share, but give them a chance to share what they're going through because you never know what someone's going through. Like, mm. don't give someone a hard time if they're kind of being different. Try, mm. try and understand what's going on with them. Because you never know what's going on in their lives. They could be going through a divorce. They could be going through anything. So just kind of like talk to them about it, I guess. Share with us a time when you were going through something and you just wanted to be heard or be understood by others. Hmm. Um, I would say a time when I wanted to be heard would probably be when – just when I was coming into high school, like I had no idea what was going on, what I had to do. Like I literally like I had no idea where my classes were. Honestly, mm. I had no idea what I was doing. And I honestly I got kind of anxious because I had a pretty hard schedule. So I, I did end up dropping a class in my schedule because like I needed a chance to figure out everything. And I was doing so much like I needed someone to share that with. And so naturally, I turned to my parents to talk to them. And I didn't really talk to my friends because I got it resolved pretty quickly. I mean, I got used to everything. My friends were definitely supportive. Like, they helped me get used to, like, I had older friends in high school. They helped me get used to high school Mm. and just learn everything. So, Yeah, that's cool. So what was going on in your head, like, at that time? Um, Honestly, I I was kind of thinking to myself, like, I, I was thinking in my head, I, I kept going over the same thing. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, But also, at the same time, I was thinking, how do I fix this? Because I didn't know who to turn to. Because it helped that I had uh, friends in older grades to help me out. Mm. But the parent, I would say your parent is all, your parents or parent, your guardian, is always someone to turn to. They're always a good option. And they couldn't help me completely. I had to find someone to help me get used to everything. Mm. So that's why your friends come in handy, too. Yeah, for sure. Now, how did you come to have, like, these older friends, like, in high school? Uh, yeah, so in high school, um, one way was my brother and sister were three years ahead of me. Oh, nice. So, so like, they're not friends. They're family, dude. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could consider the family. But it's good you're friends with your brothers yeah, and yeah. sisters. Yeah, So And also, I was on the football team, so I had some older people that were helping me, too. I so, like it. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you show up at high school, right, and you see all these new faces mm-hmm. right and something what we were just chatting about before the show is you really like your identity of who you need to be um in your own mind right who do i need to be yeah, to be accepted yeah. in elementary school right i mean let's, i don't know let's if you're go, thinking it that far you're back. not but it, it's subconsciously could, yeah, happening yeah, subconsciously right you're thinking about you're it. like how do i get them to like me right that's what you're thinking um why don't they like me what's wrong with me right that's what you're thinking yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. and then you're still thinking those things in junior high school yeah right and now it's a new set of friends and uh you know kids you go to school with like in work at the cult co-workers what would you call co-students co-students colleagues uh they're not colleagues that's college Co-students. I'm I'm calling them co-students. Unless you come up with a better name, bro. Rest of the interview, you have to call them co-students. Co-students. All right. So there they are with your peers. Oh. That's the word. I was going to say classmates. Your classmates. I like it. Okay. So you're with your classmates, and they're all new faces, right? You come out of elementary school. You go into junior high, all these new classmates. And it's like now 
okay, who do I need to be to be liked by them? And then you come into, you finally figure it out, right? And you have like three years to get it right or four years or whatever, yeah, junior four. high, mm -hmm. four years. Or junior high for three. It's three and then Yeah, three school. years. And then it's like you leave that old planet, right? The planet of junior high. And then you enter a new planet of high school. And it's like they speak a different language. Right. It's like an alien planet. Right. And they're all new, different faces. And how do you need to be and act right in order to fit in, to feel light? Because it's human to mm -hmm. want to be accepted. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, I personally, I was lucky uh, because my middle school for my school, my middle school feeds my high school. So I not everyone was a new face. Mm. So I knew some people already. But then again, there was a lot of new people that came in. So there was a lot of new faces. And some people aren't that lucky. They move schools or they, they don't have a high school for their middle school. So that is the case for them. So, I mean. Yeah. So you like went to Planet High School, right? You flew in on a ship some, with some, some, people, of, yeah. some of your classmates. Some of my from Planet Junior High were coming with me. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> I love they that. Came in, they came in on the plane with me. Yeah. So I, it's funny because I'm using classmates and now you're using co-students. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just like the word. It's, it's, it's cool, right? Yeah. 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 So you, you fly into this new planet, all these faces, you want to feel accepted, you want to feel mm -hmm. loved or whatever. Um, share with us a, a, a story of, give us one example of when you were not accepted, right? And okay. people just didn't like you or didn't get you or whatever. You didn't get them. Share us. Bring yeah. us there, bro. I'll bring you on the plane. So Yes. Um, I guess the time that first pops into my mind personally would be just when I was in a class and I didn't know anyone in the class. Like, I had no friends in that class. I didn't know the teacher. So kind of coming in, like, I didn't know where to sit, honestly. Like, I had no one there. So I just kind of, like, sat down at a random table. I didn't know – they were already in a conversation. I didn't know how to join in because I had no idea what they were talking about. And honestly, I just felt kind of lonely because mm. – in that class because, like, I didn't know anyone. I had no friends. So – I just had to kind of like come out of my own skin, kind of like put myself out there and just kind of get to know some people. What'd you do specifically? Uh, I honestly, I, I came in and they were talking and I said, uh, what are you guys talking about? And then they told me and I just kind of like made up some kind of BS and joined in their conversation. And um, I'm still friends with some of those people to this day. So, yeah, I mean, it was only like a year or two ago, but yeah, still it was. I mean, that's always a good thing to do, kind of come out of yourself. Yeah, so how difficult – why did you choose that? Because some people would just choose to stay lonely. Why did you choose to, to change that and, and actually take action? Honestly, I just did it because I was very uncomfortable. Just I don't like watching conversations happen. I need to take part in them. So uh, watching them talk and, like, me, I, I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't take part in the conversation because I didn't know what they were talking about. So I had to kind of just butt in, really, and just interrupt their conversation so I could join it. And I guess, I mean, that's kind of what you have to do sometimes. You can't just sit by and wait for your chance to come in. You have to make the chance and make it, take it yourself, make it and take it yourself, mm. and kind of just, I guess, become friends with them. Now, was there a risk there for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, what was the risk? The risk was just being rejected, honestly. They'd be, they look at me. I mean, this I was thinking over this in my head. I was like, what if they don't want to talk to me? What if they they just reject me? What if they say, oh, you're not a part of this conversation, and then keep going? Or they said, mind your own business. That's definitely what I, I definitely was going on in my head before I started talking to them. So how would you get past that? Like, uh, how would you quiet that noise, that chatter? Honestly, I, I acknowledge, you acknowledge it, and then you just go for it. You I don't know how to quiet it. You acknowledge it. And then you just kind of push it down and you say, okay, I'm going to go for this. If they reject me, they reject me. I can't do anything about that. I can't change them. But I can definitely, I can definitely change my attitude to it. I can change how I act and I can go for it and I can, I can talk to them. If they reject me, I mean, I can't do anything about that. I have, I have other classes. So <laughs> he's like, I have other options. I don't no. need you. <laughs> um, so break it down uh, when you say, uh, that you acknowledged all that, those, uh, you know, um, 
the, what's the word? The fears. The fears. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, I've read. I love it. Yeah. Like uh, I'm being coached on my radio show by a 15 year old. <laughs> this is awesome. It's poetic. Uh, it's it's poetic. poetic justice. Obviously, I've done bad things in my life. So, but um, <laughs> Michael, kind of go there. Um, like, how did you acknowledge it? Like, what does that mean? Like, break it down for someone. One of my listeners right now who's like, well, what does that mean? Acknowledge it. Can I like kind of branch off for a second? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I read a study where there was astronauts, and they were very okay. So this was back a couple years ago. I don't know. It was decades ago, but they didn't know if they were gonna survive, and they were monitoring their heart rates and everything. And so they acknowledged the fear to each other. They said, "I have fear like about this." That's not what they said, but in a sense, they said, "I'm kind of fearful about this." And they all kind of acknowledge each other's fears. And so during the kind of the, sh- the takeoff, like their heart rates and their pulses were definitely lower and they were more calm than uh, the other takeoffs because they acknowledged their fear and they said, OK, I have a fear, but I can get past it if I do this and this. So that's kind of what I did. I mm. said, I can get past this if I just go for it. Mm. I don't know how I can explain it in a way. I think you just did, right? And I, I'm going to help, okay? Yeah, yeah. So acknowledge, to acknowledge your fears. If you're listening right now, we're chatting with Michael. And uh, Michael's 15 years old, high school student. And Michael's breaking down, you know, identity. Like finding your personal identity in high school and, and what that's like and the struggle of that. And how he had to overcome fear uh, in a new class setting with kids that he had never met before and he saw them having a conversation he was feeling alone uh just lonely by himself so uh the voices kind of started in his brain what if they reject you you know um if you go over and talk to them they could say butt out you know you're not part of this um and and there was all those fears he was wrestling so the way he overcame that is what i'm hearing here michael is he acknowledged it. So what does that mean to acknowledge? It means to uh, declare what's happening, right? To state what's happening. It's like, okay, obviously I, I am scared right now that they're going to reject me, right? And that, so you actually say, hello, fear. Yeah. yeah right? It's like, I see you. Because the fear is of a possible scenario. So you're Correct. saying, okay, this, this is a possible scenario that can happen. Yeah. But the chances of it happening, if I really think about it, are pretty slim. So yeah. I'm going to go for it anyway. If this this may happen, I don't know. It's a fear. Mm. It may happen. But I hope it doesn't and I'll go for it anyway. Yeah, and it's it's many fears are less than 50% chance of happening, definitely, right? Definitely. So even if it's 50-50, one out of two. Well, it could definitely happen and it may not happen. Well, it's like what kind of life do you want to live? Definitely. Do you want to live a life where you always feel alone? You always feel scared? You always feel separate from everyone. You always feel different. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to live a life where you take chances, you take risks, and you go for the other 50% and you say, hey, even if it doesn't work out, it could. Yeah. Actually, I was talking to you earlier in the interview, or not the interview, but before the interview, about a club that I wanted to start. And I was very, I was, I was definitely fearful about that too because I said, what if, what if it doesn't get accepted? What if no one joins? Because if no one joins, then I'm just sitting there with my my vice president. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm like, all right, we're waiting for the members to come, <laughs> but no one's no one shows up. It's like That's, we are the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll give presentations to each other. <laughs> so so we're I was fearful about many things, but I ended up putting in the application for the club, and I in the end it came down to do I want to acknowledge these fears and go against them and start the club. Or do I essentially want to forget about it, say, okay, I mean, I don't have to start this club. Just give in to the fears, and I didn't want to do that. So Why? Because I couldn't live with myself, honestly. What does that mean? I, I couldn't give in to the fears because then in my head, I and it sets a precedent. It sets the precedent. So I would— How do you mean that? You give in to your fears once, the next time it gets easier. And to easier, give in to your easier. fears. Yeah, so— you have to be strong inside yourself because no one knows you're going through the struggle. So you have to be strong within yourself. So it's a battle in your own head. Yeah, self against self-conflict. So you just have to stand up for yourself, to yourself in a way, to get past this. And I guess 
the club hasn't been accepted yet, but it did pay off internally because yeah. I didn't give up. I didn't give in to my fears. Mm. And so in a way, I think that definitely was the right choice. I like it, right? So uh, something I can add a little light on because I'm only a few years, you know, you're a few years younger than me at only 15. A only a few. Yeah. So, uh, you know, really uh, recognizing that they're in, in that battle in your mind, Michael, there are two opposing forces, yes? Mm -hmm, definitely. We've you definitely recognize that, right? Mm -hmm. And as you're listening, you know what we're talking about. Every day, yeah. Yeah, it's like you have those forces that in your head, moment. it's moment by moment too. And what most of us believe is that we're wrestling against ourselves. So it's me against me. And I'd like to shed some light on that and create a distinction here for you. Okay. And for all our listeners that it actually isn't you against you. Oh. It's just how it occurs, okay? Okay. And what it is, is it's your mind, and your mind is programmed by God, your creator, um, with, think of it like your frontal lobe, right? It's your crocodile brain, they call it, your croc brain, right? <laughs> it's fight or flight. It's danger, danger, run, right? When something mm -hmm. is dangerous, yeah. Um, you know, a, a, a wild dog comes wrapping around the corner barking, you know, a pit bull, right, with its fangs and, and saliva dripping and it's chasing you. What do you do? You don't sit there and analyze the situation. You just go. You yeah. just, what happens? Your croc brain kicks in. Mm -hmm. Doom. In half a microsecond, it kicks in and you run and scream and ah help help right so that's your crock brain so understand that your crock brain is a mechanism that god has given you to avoid danger mm -hmm. you get that yeah yeah okay that is distinct and separate from you michael my your crock brain okay is... they give it as the car you drive through life okay that keeps you out of danger but you're the driver it's different you're okay. the driver you're not the car. Are you getting that? I've never heard that before, but yeah, I, know. I, I understand how you could say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and here's why it's important to understand the distinction here is that you are the driver and operator of your mind. However, most of us don't get that. We don't recognize it. Therefore, we don't acknowledge it. And therefore, we let the car or our mind drive us throughout life. And the car or our mind is programmed to do what? Pro to, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> it's to kind of take over in the situations and yeah. drive us. And mostly it's programmed to protect you from danger. Here's the problem. Your mind thinks everything is danger. Your mind thinks everything is death. If you go speak with that pretty girl, death. <laughs> if you go interrupt that group and introduce yourself, death. Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I understand, yeah. Yeah. So your mind is, is seeing everything in life, including all the good things, as the pit bull chasing you. Death. And it's not the case, is it? I mean, not exactly, but... For some people, I mean, certainly, some things can seem bigger than they are. They can seem dangerous. Yeah. Death, as you said. Death, right? So, so when you get that, that your brain, hey, my brain is trying to help me, but most of the time, it's actually not helping me. Mm -hmm. It thinks it's helping me. It's trying to do the right thing, protect me from death, but it's creating every scenario is death. Mm-hmm. Even all the good stuff that, you know, God wants me to take a step towards, right? To take a chance, to, to take a risk. And it's like, <laughs> you're hilarious. You're like, you're, you're, you're messing with the equipment. I'm sorry. That's so funny. Um, so I think you're getting this. So I don't want to belabor the point. But man, if, if you're listening right now and you're hearing the words coming out of my mouth right now and you're getting what I'm saying, this is a game changer for your life as a young person. If you're able to acknowledge that your mind is separate from you, 
You are not your mind. Your mind does not control you. You control your mind. You can choose in every moment. So when your mind, you can't shut it off. It's always going to create those thoughts, right? Yeah. That you're not good enough. Nobody likes you. You're a loser. You're never going to amount to anything, right? We all have these thoughts mm -hmm. at different times of our life. And your brain is putting that out there, the crocodile brain, right? Just putting it out there. Don't take a chance. Don't take a chance. Death, 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 death right? And it's like when you acknowledge it and say, okay, I acknowledge you. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. I really appreciate that. I choose this. I choose to go introduce myself and take the chance. And Michael did that. I think. Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, you, you're catching up yeah. here. You, you're right there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of giving into it, you acknowledge it. And so you kind of break the chain reaction. You kind of stop yes. it playing over and over in your head. Yes. And you acknowledge it and you say, okay. Because no. exactly what you no just said. Exactly what you just said, Michael. When you acknowledge things, you bring light into the darkness and it loses its power over you. Mm -hmm. So the, the key, the trick, the hack against fear in your life is to acknowledge it and shine light on it Yeah, and ask for God's power in it. Yeah, just take a step back for a second, for yeah. a minute. And then and choose what yeah. you want. You mm -hmm. can choose it. You can still go there. However, you could choose this possibility or mm -hmm. go create a third possibility, right? Wow. You created a possibility of starting a group. You created that, right? Now, God gives you co-creative powers. Do you know how you create anything in the world, Michael? You just do it. I don't know. What, what do you, what's the answer? You declare it oh. into existence with your words. How did God create the universe? He declared it with words, didn't he? Yeah, I guess I guess you could say that. I mean, so what did he say? Let there be light. Yeah, in Genesis, he said, "Well, could you say he made he did it, or he he said it himself and it happened?" He spoke it into existence. Oh, okay. And this is something very important, right? And it's not our topic today, but I'm gonna go there for a second or two. <laughs> is that when we use words, words are powerful. Our words can do one of two things. They either give life or they destroy life. Right? Mm -hmm. That's true. So they either create or destroy, period, period, period. So when you speak about your friends behind their back, are you lifting them up and giving them life? Or are you destroying their character, destroying their reputation, destroying who they are and what they stand for? You're definitely destroying them. Yeah. So do you see the, the it's the Spider-Man, right? It's <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, yeah. Right? I don't know where you're going with that. But I know. I understand. You now. just got to give me a second and then I'll. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah. your words have power. So do your words to yourself. So when you speak out into the world, I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. People ask you, hey, how you doing today? What do many people say? They say, they either say good, but they're not really doing good. They say, eh, it could be better. Yeah. Well, they say, I'm fine or not bad. That's a popular one. Oh, right? not bad. How you doing? Not bad. Well, what did you just speak into oh, existence? Oh, yeah. Did the bad feelings, you made it. You outside yourself you literally just create it in the universe in front of you mm -hmm. what do you think you're going to attract more of bad feelings boom you created it actually you talked about this yeah people say how you doing i'm hanging in there yes you remember this right i remember this yeah so for our listeners michael was in my sunday school class oh, yeah. a oh, few yeah. years <laughs> back right god bless him he had to <laughs> suffer through it because i am raw and real and uh, times, no times. filter no filter right um, what's showing up for you in this, Michael? Because, you know, I just gave you, I think, um, I'm watching you sitting in front of me in the studio here, uh, having like light bulbs go off, right? Yeah. Um, what, what light bulbs just went off for you in your life? Yeah. When I'm hearing this, some of the things I have heard before, but some of them I've never really considered. And the thing you said, where you said you have the thoughts internally, you say, I'm not good enough. I'm just hanging in there. I'm just 
I'm whatever. I never really considered that you can make that real when someone talks to you. You're talking to someone else. It's just a normal exchange. And they say, how you doing? You say, oh, I'm all right. I've never really thought about that. Like, you're physically bringing those feelings into existence. I know I'm just repeating what you said, but honestly, I've never really considered that. That's, yeah, I'm definitely going to change that in myself because I've definitely done that before. And I'm sure other people have had, have done that before too. So I'm definitely going to, that's a, that's another way to cha- the stop the chain reaction, to stop the loop. You kind of say, I can, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm blessed. I'm, remember that? I remember that. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed. That was something in the, the class. This is why I walk around with a big darn smile on my face and I look cheeky all the time and people are like, why are you so happy? And it's like, cause I'm blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Did I always feel blessed, Michael? No, definitely not. No, but definitely not. You take a step back and oh. you see, okay, even though some things are going wrong right now, there's a lot of things that are going right. And I'm taking them for granted. And truly, I am blessed. And so you say, you know what? I'm blessed. Mm. And they say, wow, that's really good to hear. Yeah. You know what? I'm blessed too. There you go, bro. You're getting it, man, right? So, like, listen, if you're feeling like crap, just compare yourself to someone who's worse off than you. And you'll immediately feel grateful. Right? <laughs> so true. if you're feeling like crap, Google kids starving in Africa. Oh, okay. Yep. Seriously. I know. Google it. And guess what? You'll feel better instantaneously right there. Now, if you're feeling great, compare yourself to someone doing better than you. And you'll feel like crap. Oh, oh, okay. And this is what we do most of our lives, don't we? That's true. Um. I've never really compared myself to someone better than me to feel worse, but we I do mean, it I subconsciously. Can, bro. I, I, I can, I, I can see how that would work. Yeah. Yeah. We do it subconsciously all throughout our lives. Don't we? It's like, you know, you get the, the, the new iPhone, right? You got like, I'm going to go way back here. You got like the, was it? I, the five, right? That's you not know? that far. That's like two years okay. ago. Okay. You got the two. All right. Or okay. the three or whatever. Right. And then flip phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But, uh, so you got the one, right? You got the first one, right? And it's like the iPhone and it's like, you're so excited. Cause you just transitioned from a flip phone, a flip phone to a smartphone. Right. And you got the iPhone and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Right. And it's external stuff. Right. So you feel good for a little while. Right. Yeah, it creates yeah. that temporary happiness feeling. And then what happens? Your friend goes, Oh, what model is that? I'm like, oh, I just, you got the, I got the iPhone. I'm so happy. Blah, blah. And they go, oh, well, I got the, you know, the two, right? And they drop down the two. Look what this can do. Yours can't do that. Jeez. All the feelings are gone. In a second. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you immediately compared yourself to someone who had better or is doing better. Do you see how that works? Yeah. Yeah. You could go either way. See, life is choices. And this is all happening subconsciously. Subconsciously. You don't even know what's happening. And all of a sudden you feel like crap. And you're like, what the heck? I was just literally like flying like Superman. On top of the world. Yeah. Literally flying like Superman. And now I feel like crap. What happened? You could pad yourself to the wrong thing. Right? So the cool part is that you could get right back out of that and say, you know what? On my new iPhone 1, I'm going to Google children starving in africa <laughs> and boom you feel grateful again yeah you see how that works completely so you're good <laughs> and then it reversed to bad and then you use that thing that originally caused the feelings of badness and you're back to good i mean you can choose it god gave you free will that, yeah. god gave each of us free will right we don't use our free will appropriately we choose how do i want to say it we were in a Bible study today with uh, over 100 uh, businessmen at 6 a.m. God bless us, right? And they speak about how man's fallen nature, all of us humans. It's not that we choose bad or evil. We choose natural good, meaning the good in nature, the good around us, right? Okay. Natural things, even like an iPhone, right? Yeah. It's it's good, man-made, right? It's made from nature and components from nature and all that stuff. It's good. But what we don't choose is uh, what God, we don't choose God's best for us. 
So we choose natural good, but not God's best. And God, our Father, is always wanting us to choose his best for us. Choose what he has planned for us. That's what he wants. And I'm going to go here, even though you're 15 years old, I'm going here anyway, bro, because it's for my listeners, okay? It's not all about you, Michael. So uh, they say even when a man chooses a prostitute, he's actually searching for God and doesn't even know it. And he's choosing the lesser good. He's choosing a woman, which is God made, natural, beautiful, and he's choosing sex, right? And, and those are all good things inside of marriage, in the sacrament of marriage, and he's choosing it in a way that is not God's best. Hmm. So it's not that what he's choosing is bad or wrong. It's not God's best. And I think, you know, we live in a society right now where we're constantly thinking we're wrong, we're wrong, we're wrong, and we're telling each other, you're wrong, you're wrong. How, d- how could you do that? How could you think that way? What's wrong with you? I grew up in a household where that was the, the saying of every day. What's wrong with you, Joseph? What's wrong with you? Well, when a little boy hears what's wrong with you tens of thousands of times, what does he start to believe? That something actually is wrong with him. Even if it's not wrong with him, he starts to believe yeah. that something is. Yeah. You got it, Michael, because when you hear a lie enough times, it becomes the truth, doesn't it? At least your truth. Yeah. And that's what it did for me. And for most of my life, I thought something was wrong with me. Right? Yeah. So I would act that way, and I would, I would attract and speak that into the universe and attract more of what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And then I'd act wrong or, you know, bad or whatever. And then go, see, there is something wrong with me. I can't believe I just, just did that. Yeah, it just confirmed what you thought. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I created it. And then late, years later, I learned I could do the same thing with what's right with me. What's right with me? What's right with Michael? What's, what is God's best for Michael and his life? What is God's best for your life as you're listening to this show? What does God, your Father in heaven, want for you? What does that look like? And what's cool is you could choose it. You could create it. You could speak it into existence. Yeah. I spoke this podcast into existence before I started this podcast show. I have a little printout on my mirrors at home. Okay. Sounds dorky and ridiculous, right? And I read it every morning. Okay. Is it like a morning ritual? Or you Whatever you want to call it. Okay. It's just okay. something I do every morning. I declare it out loud. Okay. Who I am. And I'm sharing. Look, I'm going private here. I share who I am is the possibility of God's love, God's forgiveness, and God's transformation for myself and one million people by July 2019 who listen to my podcast, Broken Catholic. I was saying that before I created this. And it pushed me over the fear of doing the show Nobody's going to listen. Who wants to hear from Joseph? What do I actually have to say? It, it, nobody wants to hear it. Mm-hmm. Right? All these fears. Yeah. And then it's a Catholic show. Oh, uh, well, I'm a businessman. You know, now people are going to know I'm Catholic. People are going to act a certain way. People are going to, oh, you're Catholic? Ugh. Maybe they won't do business with me. You see, all these BS scenarios my crock brain comes up with. But I don't have to choose them. I acknowledge them. Thank you, Crock Brain. I really appreciate your BS contributions. I choose this. Wow. And I chose it, and I declared it, and now it is. That's it true. is so. And you're sitting in a studio that was not here two months ago. Do you get that? Yeah, yeah. You went over a lot of things, but... Yeah, I did. Essentially, yeah, I do get that because... I guess you could say what I was thinking, I never wrote it down, but what I was thinking, I almost forgot, um, was a lot of the time, it depends on your perspective. And so you're saying what I'm doing is wrong. Going back to what you said about the prostitute, um, I'm wrong, this is wrong, I'm going to do it, but it's wrong. It's the lesser good. And you're thinking to yourself, I, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You just have to change your perspective, tilt a little bit and say, okay, there's a lot of things right with me. What else can I make right with me? And so there's so many things you went over, but I think I got it. And it made a lot of sense. So, 
That's awesome. So let's talk about finding your personal identity in high school, Michael. Yes. Right? Because all of this is not a tangent. It actually all applies to that topic, doesn't it? Yes, I, I think so. Yeah, because you get, one, to find who are you in life, what's your identity in life, right? So it's not just about high school. High school is just a stage of your life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? It's not who you are. It doesn't define you. So how do you distinguish the two? Because it becomes very real. Like sometimes you're in high school and you're like, well, I am this. Oh. I I am how my friends see me. That's who I am. When in reality, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say a big thing is don't care what other people think. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. It's so cliche. I know. How do you mean it? How do you mean it for you? Um... Break it down and make it real for us. Talk it's about how you don't. It's definitely easier said than done, but don't follow what other people do. Be a leader. Don't be a follower. But I guess if I had to break it down, I would say do what you want to do and don't care what people say about you because when you're doing it. Because when you're doing what you want to do, you – Help find yourself your own personal identity. And when you care what other people think, you're just getting what they think. You're not finding out about yourself. So I don't know how to break it down, but I'm trying my best. Well, break it down uh, personally, your story about that. Okay. um, When I was coming in, um, a lot of my friends, they're all joining like spirit club, like a certain amount of clubs, like certain types of clubs. But I didn't really want to join those. I want to join other clubs. So I said, oh, they're going to think, like, I'm such a loser. I'm joining these dumb clubs. But I thought that those clubs were genuinely genuinely, uh, interesting. So I said, all right, I'm just going to join these clubs. They might think I'm a loser or whatever. And it turned out they didn't really care because they didn't really – they were worrying so much about themselves. They really didn't care what I was doing. So Say that again because you just – said so much in that statement because this is how the world works in what you just said so say that again you're worried so much about what other people think about you you don't even realize they're going through the same thing and they're worried what other people are thinking about them so in a way everyone's worrying about themselves and they're not even looking care they're not even even looking at you yeah i know they don't even care what you're doing and you're so worried about it you don't even realize how do you think that occurs to god our father looking down on us Seeing us all looking in the mirror, worried about how we're occurring to others, but nobody's actually paying attention to each other. I mean, it goes back to what we said in the beginning. Um, Everyone's so focused on themselves, they don't realize that everyone else is going through the same struggle. And if they just talked about it, if they just like kind of conferred with each other, then they would know. It's just, Like the astronauts do. I know. It all comes back in a circle. And... When they, for the astronauts, they talk to each other, and it turned out to be better. But no one is kind of conferring with each other. No one's sharing it themselves, opening themselves, kind of like this podcast. They're exposing themselves. But it, it's bad for a few minutes. When you expose yourself, you feel kind of humiliated. But then they say, oh, I'm going through that too. And you kind of realize, oh. And then someone else comes in, they say, oh, I'm going through that too. And you realize it's kind of like a struggle everyone's going through, or most people and it gets better. It's a, it's bad for a few seconds, and it gets better immediately, and keeps getting better after that. And so, I don't know. It comes back in a circle. Everything's related, honestly. Dude, I, I could say this honestly. You're one of my favorite guests on this show. No way. Way. Oh, my gosh. Listen, and for 15 years old, God is working in your life because he has given you wisdom. Wisdom, okay? And uh, that's awesome, bro. Uh, For real, like you just summed up so much. Now, once you get into college, you're going to be tempted to um, abandon all this truth that you just shared. Right. Mm -hmm. And because and you'll be bombarded with outside forces and they'll outnumber you and you're going to hear a lie, many lies so many times. It's going to be tempting to choose it as your truth and you'll forget your childish ways. And, you know, how you're occurring mm-hmm. right now. But I, yeah. I'd like to say to you, these aren't childish ways, which God is speaking through you. 
That's the Holy Spirit speaking out, out of your lips into this microphone right now. And you're getting it. Mm-hmm. And the same way you're saying, hey, I can choose my life. I don't have to choose what others put on me. Mm-hmm. That's finding your identity. And I'm also going to say this to our listeners. If you're stuck at a place, you're like, hey, Michael, it's a really cool story and sharing. Thanks, bro. Really appreciate you. I'm 15. I'm 17. I'm 28. I'm 48. Right? Joseph, thanks for the shares. Really appreciate it. But darn it, I still don't know my identity. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm going to say this. You're looking in the wrong place. Most of us are looking for our identity out in the world. Our identity does not exist out in the world. Other people's identity of what they think we should be or who we should be exist out in the world. And that's the temptation. They say when you, stand f- when you don't stand for anything, you fall for everything. Right? Yeah. So if you don't yeah. know who you are deep in your core, your own identity, you're going to accept other people's projected identity on you. It just makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Yeah. We're all human. It's going to happen. So my encouragement to you as we wrap up this, this interview with Michael here, a 15-year-old young <laughs> Catholic man, a man of God, uh, you know, the message I really want to leave you with is this. Do what I've done. Do what Michael's done. If you want to know your identity, the one that matters, it's how does God see you? How does your Father in Heaven view you? What's your identity to Him? Because at the end of it all, what other people think of you doesn't mean crap. It just doesn't. Even what you think of yourself, it matters, but not as much as what God thinks of you. He created you. He knows your future. He knows what he's calling you to do. Go to him. That's the message. Go to him. Spend time with him. I challenge you. Go spend an hour a day. For all you young men out there, I'm speaking directly to you right now. Stop complaining like little wusses that you don't know what you're supposed to do with your life. If you don't know, go find out from the one who created you. Period. And here's the truth. If you're not willing to go spend time with him, it's because you're lazy. So stop bitching. Stop complaining that your life's not working in the way you think it should. Or you don't know what your calling is in life. If you're not willing to go and do the work of spending time with your creator in silence. And hearing what he has planned for you. Michael, real quick, what shows up for you in that? Oh, I was smiling so wide because literally exactly what you were saying is what I was thinking because at the end of the day, no, you don't care what other people think about you. It's what God thinks of you and how, how much God loves you. So I agree completely with that. I think that was very good, uh, very good assessment of kind of just this whole talk. And that was, that was just great. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Oh man. <laughs> I'm proud of you, bro. All right. On that, are you ready? We are about to start the confession round. Oh, the confession rounds? You know what the confession round is? Uh, no, you did not tell me. <laughs> I don't tell any of my guests until the moment of. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick-fire questions, and you'll have okay. about three seconds to answer each. Okay. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Okay. The confession round. Are you ready, sir? Uh, what, what are the, okay. Just Here go. we go. What's your favorite thing about being a 15-year-old? Uh, I can mess up. What's your least favorite thing about being a 15-year-old? No one takes me seriously. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. And that's why you can mess up. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait till you become an adult. <laughs> um, what's, your le- what's your least... Uh, no, I read it. What's your, <laughs> you totally messed me up. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people? Uh, they think they're better than me. Oh. If you could be anyone, just for fun, for the next seven days on the planet, who would you want to trade places with? Joseph Warren. For real. <laughs> uh... Probably, uh, ooh, well, who's the guy for Tesla? Uh, Elon Musk. Got it. Although he occurs as godless. Dun, dun, dun. I know, but still, like. It'd be a cool life. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you wish you were better at? Um, I'm overthinking this. I'm sorry. But don't overthink. Just what do you wish you were better at right now in your life? I wish life? I was better at staying focused in the moment instead of looking at my phone so much. Got it. You've done really well on the show. Thank you. Thank you. What dream are you scared of pursuing? 
business. Mm, like starting a business? Yeah. Got it. What makes you smile more than anything? Uh, my family and my friends. When you were a child, <laughs> what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, uh, I originally wanted to be an NBA basketball player, and then I wanted to be NFL. And then I realized I wasn't going to be one of them. So then I wanted to be an astronaut, and then NASA. They cut the funding for NASA. So then I moved to being a doctor. But then I realized that I got scared around blood. So then I wanted to be in business. So that was, and the, it might change. That was it the might. most thorough answer I've ever received for that. Well done. <laughs> if you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, oh. what would it be? Uh, okay. If you could wake up tomorrow and remove one thing, one suffering from the world, what is it? This is going to be a long answer, but make it short. I would, oh, I would remove the fear of unknowing but in a way that would kind of change everything. So I I don't know. I would remove the suffering of hunger. I don't know. I don't I don't know what to say. That's fine. Imagine sometime in the distant future, at the end of your life, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Here lies Michael Madelon, uh fearless, pursuing a dreamer. And a visionary. Got it. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Um, welcome. Simple. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends and loved ones only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I would say live life to the fullest. Easier said than done, though, but that's what I would say. I get it. And normally I ask Michael, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? But he's 15 years old. So <laughs> I'm going to say, go through me if you need that. Okay. <laughs> and the show here, Michael, thanks for joining us today. And we wish you the love, forgiveness and transformation of God, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Thank you. You're welcome. Friends. I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and remember that God the Father loves you, he's fascinated by you, and he wants to show you his awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with him, and I'll see you on the next show.